The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk a little bit about building a business the right way. Joining us is Patch Baker, who is the CEO of Mobius Media Solutions, which is a marketing company that Patch uses to build the brands across the 41 companies that are privately held and owned by him that cover financial services, SaaS, and e-commerce. Patch is an entrepreneur at heart. He's got an amazing story. Yesterday, Patch and I talked about why niching down is a bad idea, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about how to build your business backwards. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Patch Baker, the CEO of Mobius Media Solutions. Patch, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me, brother. Excited to have you back on the show. You know, we had a really good conversation centering around entrepreneurship, and part of it was to put a marketing spin on a little bit about segmentation about how modern technology, this little thing we call the internet, is going to make it easier for us to not have to niche down where we can build processes and train people to repeat them. And that allows us to cover multiple different niches instead of being siloed into one. And so the continuation of that conversation, you were talking about this tree metaphor, about how your infrastructure is the roots and it builds this base of the tree and the individual branches are the segments or the businesses that you're talking about. I want to talk a little bit about, I don't know whether it's farming or building. Talk to me a little bit about your process for building your business backwards. What do you mean by that? I think a lot of people come up with an idea and they say, hey, I can make money doing this. That's kind of how we all start. Right. Nobody wants to talk about the money part of business, but if we're not making money, we just got a hobby. That's like the only thing I want to talk about, but go on. (laughs) So most people say, hey, I have this widget. I can sell the widget. I can make money. I can take care of my family. I can hire a team. They can take care of their family. They'll stay on. What we don't do is we don't look into the future and say, okay, if we built this thing, what would it look like? It's kind of funny. In 2022 or in 2020, everybody used the word pivot like it was a brand new thing. However, all good companies pivot regularly. So this whole pivot idea that we talked about in 2020 when the pandemic hit, what we should always be doing is looking into the future. What would we have if everything went to plan? What would we have? And then is that big enough to meet the needs and your aspirations? 
most of the time people are thinking way too small. So even if they arrive there, it wouldn't give them what they ultimately want out of entrepreneurship. And that could be time, it could be money, it could be whatever you decide. So I believe most people are thinking too small. And the only way to think bigger in my mind is, hey, if we could build anything we want, what would it look like? And then what are all the milestones we would have to hit in order to get to that place? So I've made the analogy, try to build your business backwards. This is what happens to most entrepreneurs. They build something, they spend money building that thing, and then they outgrow that thing very quickly and they have to go build another one. And then they have to go build another one. A good example of that might be like a website. They start off on one, they spend $2,000 to get it done. Then they have to go build a bigger one, spend $10,000 to do that, then a bigger one, then a bigger one, then a bigger one. Whereas if they started off spending the money up front, they would spend a lot less money. Now, I know not everybody has the ability to come up with $100,000 for a website on day one. I get it. But if we were thinking a little bit further in the future, if everything went as planned, which nothing in business does, but if everything did, what would it look like? And then what are the milestones that I have to hit? Who are the people that I need to have in order to do that? And what happens when you do it like that is a lot of times you can get more done in a year than you think you can only because you can start running sprints. And it's a big philosophy that I have that most people show up to work, they work nine to five or maybe it's 7 a.m. to nine at night, does not matter. But a lot of the times they're busy being busy, whereas if they could be working on being efficient at being effective, they go a lot faster. And the way that I've been able to do this over and over and over again is instead of showing up to work every day for 365 days out of the year, instead, I'm going to show up for six days straight and I'm only going to work on this one thing as part of a sprint. And the effectiveness of that to get to the milestones just speeds up time in a lot of ways, especially when you have a whole team focusing on that one single thing to get it done. You're probably right, and I'm going to challenge you anyway. And I have mixed emotions about this. Admittedly, I'm not the easiest person in the world to coach, and I hired a coach to help me sort of overcome a blocker that I was having with my business. We've created podcasts. We've been able to scale podcasts. We monetize better than the rest of the industry. We spun out multiple podcasts. Now we have this infrastructure to create more. All of a sudden, I've got this budding business. But I felt very stuck and I felt very siloed. And part of it was it's hard to both be an operator and an executive at the same time. And I went to try to find coaching to figure out how to overcome this problem that you're talking about. And you're saying, hey, look, you got to know what you're shooting for and aim farther in the future. And honestly, this is exactly what the coach that I hired and I didn't retain for a very long time said was go figure out what your five year plan is and then work backwards from that and figure out not only five year plans, figure out your KPIs. And then out of the KPIs, you figure out what your quarterly sprints are. Then you figure out your monthly sprints and then you know what to do every day and you can lead your team better, which all makes great logical sense. And then I sit down in front of my computer at the beginning of the day and I say, holy shit, there's a lot of work that has to get done. And I don't have the time to do a five year planning cycle right now because I have to go do my ad sales calls and record my podcasts and manage my business relationships and make sure my team is supported and run the payroll. And the next thing you know, my nine to five is done and I got to go feed some kids. So there's this, like, I just want to push the ball forward a little bit and try to like make the business run and operate instinct 
there is this idea that, nope, you should be focused only on the future and do your strategic planning and then work backwards, but then you're not doing anything in the real time. And then there's this sort of hybrid model, which is I'm going to operate, and this is kind of where I've netted out, I'm going to operate for 11 weeks in a row, and then I'm going to take two weeks off, and I'm going to do the two-week sprint to pivot the business or do whatever I have to do with the two weeks that I have. How do you balance all the things that you have to do to keep businesses running, mostly when you're with limited resources, as opposed to focusing on the long-term and the strategic and the big picture? How do you balance those two things? I actually get this question a lot, and there's a fairly simple answer, even though people don't want to hear it. So I'm just going to lay it on you. You kind of have to brace for impact. I'm ready. One is there's no such thing as balance. You can't balance that. It's a myth. However, you have to start firing yourself from all the things that take up all your time. And if you can't fire yourself because you don't have somebody else who can do it as well as you can, then you have to also agree that you're not a very good leader. And the reason you're not a good leader is because you can't write down the steps it takes to get a known outcome. Now, if you can train somebody else to do what you do as well as you do it, then that means that you can fire yourself from the spot to free up the time that you need to think, to write down plans, to think in the future. The problem is most people don't even know where to start. And there's a very simple thing that you could do. Go back in your calendar from last week. Don't erase what was in your calendar. Just edit the title of everything that was in your calendar and put a monetary value of the time you spent on that 30-minute call, on that hour-long call. Now, I do understand in your particular case, you might be on a lot of podcasts. You can't necessarily determine the value of this particular podcast by next week. I mean, because this is priceless, Patch. Come on. I know, I know. (laughs) But you should be able to, over time, show that all your podcasts led to X amount of business, X amount of new people, X amount of reach, X amount of impressions. There has to be some value that you can assign to it. All that said, though, the only reason that you haven't done it, and this might sting a little bit, and you're not alone, I'm guilty of this too, I'm not impervious to it, is that you don't see the value in doing the planning because you've never done it to see the reward that comes with it. That's a good point. I see how that's a problem. I actually don't think that that's necessarily my problem because I have said it loud and proud on this podcast that everybody needs to make a plan to make a plan. And for me, it's you need to set time apart to figure out what you want to do so you know what you're doing on the daily. There is a challenge for mostly early stage entrepreneurs, and I'll kind of put myself in this bucket a little bit where you're the operator and the executive. I'll use ad sales as an example. If I stop doing ad sales and save the 10 hours of time that I have that it takes me a week, the business is going to fail. On the flip side, I need those 10 hours a week to go hire somebody to do ad sales. So this is, you know, that kind of notion of balance. And I get what you're saying with balance doesn't exist, but there's a chicken or the egg problem of do you carve out the time to figure out what you're doing and go get the resources Or do you do it yourself? And I think that this is really the entrepreneur's dilemma or the early stage entrepreneur's dilemma. And I think that for anybody that's running a marketing program, they're figuring out how to scale their team. It's the same problem. It's I'm doing these things and the business relies on them, but I don't then have time to go do the things I need to do to not do those things. But again, if you were to start applying value to each one of those things and you become aware of the things that actually do move the business forward and you don't do the other things, 
what happens is you start freeing up your time. Or I actually wrote an article about this called Second Shift Suck, which is you go to work in the beginning of the day, you work your day, then you have to go feed kids, put kids down, read bedtime stories, take a shower, whatever, spend time with your wife, whatever you have to do. And then you go back to work. When everybody else goes to sleep, you go back to work and get an, squeeze another three hours in or work Saturdays and Sundays, or there are ways that you can create hours. But again, if you focus on the things that make you money and you can determine those things quickly, maybe that's in a month, just go back and look at your calendar and start calculating all the hours of time that you spent on Zoom calls or surfing the internet or watching YouTube videos or whatever. And you start calculating all that time and then start saying to yourself, all right, every time I waste an hour, I'm going to put a hundred dollars in the kitty because that's what I would have been paying somebody else to do it. All of a sudden you're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And you start focusing on the things that matter. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. I really like the way that you're thinking about it and assigning a monetary value that is retrospective to evaluate what your time is is really a good idea. You know, everybody always says, well, figure out what you want to do in five years from now. Look, I could tell you I want this business to have a $30 million exit. That's my definition of FU money. And so if somebody came and said, here's $30 million for your business, my answer, unless things change, is going to be, mm-hmm, yep, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm done. Thank you. Getting to $30 million, like I don't know the answer to how to build this to $30 million without having figured out how to scale from half to one to two to four to eight to 16 before I can double it one more time. That's interesting. So think about it like this. What if you said, okay, we're just throwing around arbitrary numbers. You said 30 million. What if you said, look, I want to build this thing to 100 million. What would I have to do? Okay, I probably have to get a lot more podcasts. I probably also have to start doing legit TV rated commercials. I probably also think about getting a very big studio that we can fly people into. 
say Joe Rogan, for example, you know, he flies people in. If I want to get to $100 million, that's what I need to start doing. So there's ways that you can shortcut it. One is you don't need to become a production company. Why can't you partner with a production company? You could go partner with a production company that can do all those high level things. They probably already have studio space. You say, hey, look, I'm going to drive you business to the production company and you're going to give me a spot and the people to run the cameras and the lights and the sound and all the editing and all that. And then, okay, let me go out and get a bigger pull instead of having Patch Baker on there. Maybe I'm going to go get Joe Rogan or The Rock or whatever. So instead of trying to do that on your own, what if you partnered with the agency that already represented all those people and said, hey, look, we're going to help every single one of your people start a podcast, cost you nothing for us to come in and do it. We'll do it all for free. You give us good people to put on our podcast. Now you start thinking about things being bigger. And next thing you know, you might get a $100 million deal from Spotify. Or a lousy $30 million. Lousy $30 million. Right. Now I, my five-year plan's out the window, Patch. I'm just saying, if you start <laughs> thinking bigger, you're going to do things differently. And that doesn't mean that you have to spend your own money. It doesn't mean that you have to do all the work. It means if you start thinking, you know, the book, Who Not How, who can I go get that already does X or already has celebrities or already has a production company or a limo service or a whatever. Like, could you really get the rock to come in to your studio and wine and dine him, pick him up in a stretch limo at the private airport? Like what would those things look like? And then when you start going out with that in mind, you stop spending time talking to people that don't have a following, that are not very good at podcasts, who don't have a good story. Like, I'm not saying that you have those things, but there are people who have wasted your time in the last week. And could you stop doing those in order to get bigger things that will get you moving way faster in the right direction? So, Patch, a lot of my listeners are marketers and they're in-house marketers. Not everybody is an entrepreneur. There are definitely a fair share of people that are sitting at home being like, I get what you're saying and I've got a master plan and I'm going to work backwards. But some people are sitting there in a job, a J-O-B at a D-E-S-K staring at a cubicle saying, I got to fill out my TPS reports, not to be insulting to everybody, sorry. And they're thinking about ways that they should be building their business or their career Help me think about the strategy for the people that are the in-house marketers that are trying to get ahead. And it's not about their entrepreneurial venture, but it's about their career development. Does the same advice apply? I think it does because marketers typically working for somebody else eventually become entrepreneurs somehow, some way, even if it's in their part-time where they're taking part-time work, partnering with somebody else as an actual owner. That's number one. Number two is marketing is getting harder. It's not getting easier. Facebook is making drastic changes. So it's Instagram. A lot of the audience is going to be moved off of Facebook over to meta stuff, which is going to make the cost of ads go up even more. We've already experienced this across every industry. It's getting harder to get brand new influencers on TikTok and Twitch. And it's just getting harder and harder and harder. And unfortunately, the people that hire the marketers don't understand how difficult it is for the marketer to play within the company's rules and the platform's rules. And they don't even understand the complexity of trying to get those two things to fall within budget and be repeatable and all that kind of stuff. So every marketer on the planet is basically beholden to two people that they can't control. 
However, the only thing that they can control is new revenue because that's what every marketer is put on earth to do in their job is to drive revenue or drive views or clicks or whatever. And I think the same thing applies. If you can, as a marketer, if you can be thinking about other ways that you can use ads to be more effective by, then we'll use our same example. How can I market to an agency to get them to bring us more people so we can get more views for cheaper and more organic views? Organic views that equal dollars is the same as dollars spent on ads to get dollars. As long as you can keep helping the company expand the way that they drive revenue, you can reach out to the areas other than just ads, if that's all you do. You can reach out to all kinds of other things. How could you, for your company, get a high-end production company to not just get hired for a dollar amount, but is there something that your company can do to help the production company? Therefore, the production company helps you. Maybe there are some dollars, but there's a little bit of barter or a little bit of trade that goes in there too. Lots of those things are out there. You just got to be creative in how you think on how to help your company partner with somebody else, and you end up being the rock star in the end. At the end of the day, the process here is the same, where you have to think about what the end objective is. You work backwards and you have to evaluate what the behaviors that you have and what is a good use of time and what isn't a good use of time and how can you take your limited resources and find other people to help you accomplish your goals. Patch, I appreciate you coming on the show. Before we let you go, how can we help you? You've been so generous with your time and your knowledge. What are you trying to accomplish from being out on podcasts and what do you want the audience to know about you? I'm a little disruptive. I'm a little in your face. I talk about things that I don't hear a lot of other people talking about. So visit patchbaker.com and I'm always on LinkedIn. It's my favorite platform. So hit me up over there and we'll have a conversation. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Patch Baker, the CEO of Mobius Media Solutions, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Patch, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his company's website, which is patchbaker.com, P-A-T-C-H-B-A-K-E-R.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.